peacock. I say, shouted Stiffy, pushing himself to the head of the throng. Step aside, Humpy, there's a good chap. This is an emergency. Reggie has aunt trouble. Like the Red Sea when confronted by Moses holding a note from his mother's sister, the throng parted. Come along, Reggie, said Stiffy, beckoning. Tell all to Reeves. I recounted my sorry tale, omitting not a single Pomeranian. The Reeves listened intently, nodding his head in the places a living, breathing son of Adam would have felt like inclining his noggin too. As machines went, this Reeves was of the first rank. One could entirely believe he was human. Well, said Stiffy, when I'd finished, can you save our Reggie, Reeves? There is a strong possibility that I can affect a positive outcome, sir, said Reeves. His voice was most unmachine-like. Not that I'd ever heard a machine speak, but if I had, I'd imagine it would be redolent of clanking gears and punctuated by puffs of steam escaping from the lips. I spied not a single puff. This Reeves spoke like an educated cove. Maybe not Oxford, but certainly one of the lesser public schools. How? I asked. The Reeves took a deep breath. Still no puff of steam or audible evidence of a piston clanking away in his chest. It is a most vexing situation, sir, one necessitating the utmost care and coordination. Are you prepared to execute my instructions to the letter? Most certainly. You have the word of a Worcester. Very good, sir. You must take me with you to Crandall. What? My mind reacquainted itself with the outskirts of Boggledom. My presence at the castle is essential, sir, for I need to see the young gentleman and his intended in order to construct the perfect extrication, one which satisfies all parties and increases the esteem in which you are held by your Aunt Bertha. The Worcester lips parted, but the tonsil area was bare. I was still mired in Reeves's last sentence. Could he really put me in Aunt Bertha's good books? Did she have a good book? And so it came to pass that in the year of our Lord, 1903, one Reginald Worcester and his gentleman's gentle automaton, Reeves, accoutred now in Savile Row's finest valet ware, left London for the northern climes of the county of Salop, and that ancient pile, Crandall Castle. We made good time. The Stanley Steamer, my second foray into the world of the horseless carriage, behaved itself and required only two stops to take on water. Do you need to take on water, Reeves? I asked at the first stop. Not at this juncture, sir. Well, shout out when you do. Coal, water, soothing oils, whatever you require. I don't wish to return you to the drones broken. Your intention is to return me to that gentleman's club, sir? Of course. We Worcesters have a code. Return what thou hast borrowed. A most excellent code, sir. But what if the object in question would prefer not to be returned? Oh. I cogitated for several minutes as my grey cell struggled with the philosophical niceties. When borrowing an umbrella, one does not expect said parapluie to request asylum. Free me, Reginald! Let me fly away to Manchester to join others of my kind! You have an objection to being returned to the drones, I asked. If I may be so bold, sir, I did find being locked in a cupboard for fourteen years somewhat less than convivial. I could see his point. How did you come to be locked in a cupboard in the first place? I believe I had been won in a game of cards, sir, the outcome of which was disputed, and, for reasons not divulged unto me, I was confined to a cupboard. 
where you remained until this very day? Indeed, sir, young gentlemen can be most forgetful. My conscience was pricked. Had I ever left a man-servant in a cupboard? I didn't think I had, but then if Oxford had been in the habit of handing out blues for memory, the name Reginald Worcester would not have featured. Once we're finished here, I shall drop you off wherever you wish, Reeves. The world is your cupboard. That is most gracious of you, sir. I parked the Stanley on the gravel drive by the front door and removed my driving goggles. Well, Reeves, here we are. Has your giant brain formulated a plan? I would advise a period of reconnaissance, sir, to ascertain the nature of the relationship between your cousin and the young lady, and to posit a theory as to why your aunt would deem her unsuitable. I was impressed. Just think of the kind of plans he could have come up with if he hadn't spent the last fourteen years in a cupboard. If you could